0: autumn in america means homecoming at colleges and high schools across the country homecoming is really ingrained in american culture but well, we wanted to learn more about the origins of homecoming and why it has endured for this conversation we caught up with brian simon he is the laura h carnell professor of history at temple university so just kind of give me the origin story of the concept of homecoming where did it start where to come from
1: Well, like most origin stories, there's some debate about this. And the two places that are usually credited, it seems, with the founding of Homecoming are Baylor University and the University of Missouri. And so they would both argue till the sun goes down that they are the first. And this happens kind of in the early part of the 20th century. And it's what what you think it is. It's an attempt by universities... Not on the East Coast, but, you know, kind of university is really kind of just establishing themselves to solidify their relationship with their alumni and to create in the way that universities do in lots of different ways. Homecoming being just one part of it, a community around people associated with it. And again, it's probably not surprising that some of that creation happens around football and I think the other thing really interesting about homecoming is the speed with which it just spreads out, right? I mean, this is kind of the early 20th century. Football at that point is a relatively niche sport. Um, we're not talking about the NFL of today. It's, it's really a kind of upper middle class support sport invented almost as a proxy for war, right? We weren't fighting wars. How would men prove their manhood? So, I mean, just on a kind of side note, it's not surprising, right? That the biggest stadiums at that point are all at elite universities, right? Harvard, Yale, the stadium here in Philly, Penn, you know, Franklin Fields, a huge stadium because that's what it was, was doing. But then, right, really quickly football spreads. And as it spreads, homecoming spreads and it moves from, in, in a way that I don't know that things often do from uni- universities to every other university, really to high schools and becomes an event that isn't just about bringing alumni back, but becomes a kind of confirmation of like hometowns. If, if I don't know if you grew up in a small town, I'm sure many people listening did grow up in a small town and can remember homecoming as a distinctly local event.
0: Are there moments you talk about how quickly it moved? Are there moments where you can almost see if you were to put it out on the timeline where it just establishes itself more and more, and you know, like post World War One, post war, anything like that, where you can really tell that it it goes to a different level.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, and again, I think it tracks from what I can see pretty closely to broader parent patterns in American history. So after World War One is a period of kind of immense prosperity in the United States. You know, we associate it with flappers, you know, bathtub gym, but but really with you know, consumer culture, buying radios and stuff like that. So you have like a real jump right then. You have a kind of slowing down, right, during the Great Depression and during World War II, right? It seems kind of over the top to do this. But, you know, after World War II is when it all really kind of comes together, that the homecoming event is built around a football game, often a parade, and often a contest naming either a fall king and queen or homecoming king and queen, you know, drawing on that beauty pageant tradition that's really important in the United States, which kind of takes off in the 1920s in Atlantic City. And you can just see these these melding of different things, right? The parade, which, you know, there's a long history of parades in America. They go way back into, you know, really to the founding of the country and, and were brought over from Europe. But the parade down Main Street you know, that iconic event that, you know, they have an animal house, right, um, kind of playing off a of. that really is, you know, comes in the 1920s, again, as towns realize this is a way to celebrate themselves to bring people together. All the ingredients seem to really come together in the 1950s, again, another period of kind of peak prosperity, more people going to college. And then I think like it morphs a little bit. I mean, there's a little side note by the late 60s, 1970s, there's a really anti-homecoming moment. Again, not surprisingly, coming out of the war in Vietnam, coming out of the rise of feminism, coming out of the Black Power movements. They are all seeing this institution that we were, had this kind of warm feeling to in really different ways. And schools begin to actually cancel their homecoming events and they cancel the homecoming court. But I think the other thing that's happening is that universities beginning in the post-war period are also beginning to realize that their fate is linked to their ability to raise money. And that is about their ability to kind of bring their kind of alumni back in. And so homecoming actually takes on a kind of slightly different notion, right, of a fundraising activity. And that functions in a diff- a variety of different ways. It is, you know, for big donors, it's really kind of pitching them. And and that's that happens slightly later. But there's the small scale stuff of like just keeping the bookstore open over the weekend and selling T-shirts and kind of memorabilia. Um, And, you know, now homecoming celebrations include academic lectures, right? Um, They are, in a sense, trying to showcase what the university does outside of sports. But I I mean, I think really the heyday and I think probably a film like Animal House really captures it is is the early 1960s. Prosperity is at its peak. American institutions are sort of unchallenged and unquestioned abroad and at home. They're not problematized very much. And that really is the kind of peak moment of it, of of what we see as the form.
0: And then you mentioned as the 60s go on, you see this anti-homecoming kind of backlash. Yeah. Can we see that subside as we get into the the mid-70s towards the 80s and... Cause it seems like the the thread now that comes through all is capitalism as you mentioned money in one <laughs> form or another. Yeah. It's to support your school, but it's an important financial lifeline on many different levels. So did that backlash kind of wane as you got back into the seventies? Yeah. And if so, why?
1: Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think we're talking about broad patterns here. Right. And, you know, if you think about Reagan part of what Reagan is about is restoring some of that older America and some of that. And he's re- he says, this really clearly is about pageantry. There's a nostalgia for that lost moment. And I think homecoming in the eighties, there's kind of a weariness of protest, a weariness of questioning and homecoming kind of makes a return. Right. And one thing that I think it does and what things schools does is it shows a kind of increasing dexterity and deftness. And we can see it in popular culture, right, where the homecoming court might not be somebody who identifies as a man or a woman, right? Opening up space for queer couples and queer imagining, right? And, and that's happened, right? I mean, and you can see it even on shows like Never Have I Ever, where the homecoming court in that show, two women run who are in, are involved with each other, and they run for politics, right? And And homecoming... Is always political. And I think it, it, it survives this deafness I'm talking about. Once it comes back, it's more inclusive, right? And it reflects a kind of growing interest in inclusivity and growing interest in not antagonizing people over not being inclusive. So that some of the, the real kind of beauty pageant, I would say, kind of trappings of a traditional homecoming with you know, a queen in a gown and cheerleaders and baton throwing, you know, that stuff kind of wanes right as the institution modernizes. But I think you're I mean, you're right. Homecoming makes a comeback.
0: Homecoming, you can kind of hold a mirror up to society and where society is, is kind of how homecoming is experienced or presented. But at the college level, Do you think if there wasn't that kind of through line of finances and money that it's very possible it would have faded away like it without the 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 revenue that it generates in the fall in the all the different forms you've talked about? Yeah. Is it more likely that it would have completely faded away at this point? But it has to be malleable. It has to be able to pivot to keep that kind of spigot
1: on. Well, I think it has to pivot. And it has to pivot if the university is going to be involved, right? The university can't be involved in exclusion at this point. But but you raise an interesting question. And I think a question that at this moment, I think, is worth thinking about. Universities organize homecoming, I think, largely for for a kind of broad financial agenda, right? Mm -hmm. That's not why people attend. They attend because they are renewing some commitment to a part of themselves, to an identity, to a memory. Right. And I think the real question is, would there be people who organized it on their own? And I think there would be, it, I mean, you can probably tell from my voice and, you know, from looking at me, I graduated from high school a long time ago and nobody in my high school, no one in the official structure of the high school organizes reunions, but I can see them on Facebook, right? People's need to touch back. And, and I think that homecoming has enough Longevity to it and deep enough roots that if universities sort of walked away, a form of grassroots homecoming would take place. Um, and I think cut kind of social media would make that not that hard to organize. Um, so would it be on the same scale? Would there be banners on Broad Street welcoming parents and people to homecoming? No. Would there be a meeting at a favorite bar for the class of 1989? Maybe, right? Would a group of people organize a tailgate and call it homecoming themselves? I think they would, because they're not just invested in the finances of the university. They're invested in their identification with that place and identification with that stage of their life, both the fun that entailed and, and hopefully the intellectual curiosity that it triggered. It might take a different form and maybe it might take some more traditional forms even, right? Like depending on who organized it. But I think you're right to say that it tracks on to change and that some of that tracking has to do with the university's need to continually generate revenues and money and endowment. But that might not be the way alumnus experience it and want to experience it. And that's a powerful impulse as well.
0: You mentioned the word nostalgia. and America seems to be very, as a whole, very nostalgic society. We enjoy reaching back to the past and and our roots is that an american thing or is that a human thing but it, is it very more concentrated here in the US
1: that's a tough one you know i think we live here and we see lots of nostalgia but i think now nostalgia is a pretty universal kind of drug <laughs> that people use but i think there's a particular kind of american nostalgia that homecoming speaks to and that i mean Think about some of the films that we hold most dear in this country. It's a Wonderful Life, even Home Alone, right? And, and Animal House, which I've mentioned, there is a kind of ongoing nostalgia for a small town, for Main Streets. I mean, think about Disneyland, right? Um, and I think Homecoming connects with that distinctly kind of American vision that small towns are at the essence, you know, maybe the most American places, Um, And and, and that's a really contentious thing, right? You know, when it actually is applied politically. But I think that nostalgia is universal. But there's particular resonances with each country and regions of places. And Homecoming fits our nostalgia for kind of small town as a kind of virtuous America.
0: So I'm curious. We are still in the midst of a pandemic, but... Because of vaccinations, things seem a little more normal with regards to gatherings and stuff. After a year where gatherings were frowned upon, if not completely eliminated, does homecoming, you think, does it hit differently? Because it used to be a choice whether you wanted to come back. But that all of a sudden, when that choice is taken away, it makes you long for something that maybe you didn't think about even more now.
1: Yeah, I really like the way you put that. And I think, I think it'll be something to look at. You know, We've been tracking how homecoming sort of matches broader changes and nostalgia, right? And I'm thinking that, that people are going to want to connect. And I think that absence of connection for 18 months is going to heighten the appeal of homecoming and identifying with that kind of moment of less complicated innocence in your life might even have even more appeal. So I think it'd be interesting to see what happens at state college at homecoming and in college park and at temple and Villanova. Maybe there is a draft, like a a betting line on this, but if I were, if there were a line, I would bet the over of more people showing up because I think it matches where people are right now.